Hi you guys, it's Coco Moco. It's Nikki Reardon. And this is the next episode of Share Your Screen. So last week we did a new format that y'all really seem to love, not just on YouTube, but also on TikTok. It was mm -hmm. really cool to see. So we're gonna do it again this week. And if there's ever a really interesting topic though that we do wanna do another deep dive for, we will. We saw some of your comments that like the deep dive. But today's episode, we are going to be talking about two pretty big topics and then dive into our bad ideas only yes. and then some personal things at the end. But the topic that I wanted to really touch on today is something that I had mentioned about in a podcast I did on my solo. And the same day that I published the podcast, the news clip of a guy rushing the stage for Drew Barrymore came out. So I think it's just something that's really pressing and a yeah. scary trend. And I feel like it's been on the rise in yeah. the past six months. That's what really terrifies me about it. Right. It doesn't seem like, oh, whoa, these incidents are happening. It seems like incidents are happening with like less time interval between exactly. them exactly. repeatedly. And I think we have theories on why that is in the internet, mm -hmm. but it's essentially about why fame is one of the most dangerous things that can happen to a person and kind of this rise of obsessed fans that are really putting a lot of people in danger. So yeah. we're going to touch on Drew Barrymore, Taylor Swift, um, people in the past who have unfortunately died because of fame and fans. So that'll be my first topic. Um, okay, my topics are for my, my two like primaries. One is there has been like recent drama between Billy Porter and Anna Wintour and Harry Styles where Billy, Billy Porter called out Vogue and Anna Wintour for essentially queer baiting and making Harry Styles the cover of Vogue. He was the first male to ever be the cover of Vogue. And he was like doing it in a dress and blah, blah, blah. And Billy Porter made a lot of, lot of really great points. But I also just wanted to talk about like more from a macro lens. Um, also just like of like the degendering of fashion in general and like how mainstream media plays into um, how they can use their voice essentially to uplift the voices of other people mm -hmm. I think is like an interesting thing that also has kind of like come from this discussion and then the other thing I've been really thinking about a lot this week randomly is like do you think having a genre as a music artist is dying Ooh, that's like I, something I, I wanted some to discuss later too because yeah I, I do too I think it's why we're seeing a certain genre at the top of the charts because everything else has become so fragmented and like the yeah. formula that people followed for pop music doesn't really work anymore. Right. Um, and then yes, we have many bad ideas only. Bad a ide lot of mine about Olivia Rodrigo this week for some reason. <laughs> yes, the originator of our bad ideas only, which was Nikki pitched <laughs> the Geico commercial for Olivia Rodrigo and you guys loved it so much. So this is our new format. I and just, I don't know why something about her is like so marketable to me. Like I just yeah. find her so interesting from both like a personal perspective, but also like a career perspective. And I think it's because she's still like, she's so successful and yet so new in her yes. career that it can go in many directions. That is, I think, a really good point yeah. too. It's like she's really reached the pinnacle of fame, but has so much left to do. to do and no one has really yeah no one's really up there like that right now whereas it's sometimes hard to do that for legacy artists because it's like well they've already done that and yeah that and that yeah um and so some of my bad ideas are going to be about super bowl commercials because you guys loved that for mm -hmm. some reason um so i have a super bowl commercial for selena gomez mine just... are number one i have a prediction that olivia rodrigo is about to completely rebrand away from purple to red I have a whole conspiracy. And I haven't heard his it's theory yet, so. It's a conspiracy theory. 
and I'm confident in them, right? Okay. This is actually I'm, not even, like, I would venture, this is not a prediction, like, I, it is going to happen. August 2023, you heard it here first. Second, um, I think Bad Ideas Only, Billie Eilish should start a hair dye company. Ooh. Like, I was really inspired by what we were talking about last week with Addison Ray. Yeah. And you talking about how the celebrity hair space is so untapped. Uh-huh. And even deeper than that, I think specifically hair dye is so untapped. Yeah. Like, even the big celebrity hair care brands we have now aren't doing dye. Mm-hmm. It's like care. Yeah. And preservation. And yeah. oils and yeah. conditioner, blah, blah, blah. Which um, makes sense because those celebrities are more middle-aged. And so I feel like Billy has a younger audience that would yeah. like dye. But, like, an audience that's 40-year-olds, they're not necessarily dyeing their roots hot pink on exactly. a random Tuesday. So if there's any, like, celebrities that you guys want bad ideas for, brand mm. pitches, collabs that we Super haven't mentioned. Yeah, let us know because we would love to reply to your comments, especially on TikTok. Those comment replies are so helpful. So with that being said... You take it away. Yeah. Um, okay, so... This is going to be a more serious tone now, um, and I it's so crazy the timing of it that, and I don't even think it was a coincidence. I think it's just a reflection of how common this is becoming, mm-hmm. but I published a podcast last Monday on Ahead of the Curve with Kokomoko where I basically did a deep dive on like why I truly believe that fame is one of the most dangerous things that can happen to a person. Yeah. And it was more so inspired by what we're seeing recently with Taylor Swift with like fans showing up to restaurants, people dressing as her, which I'll get into as well. Um, but specifically the same day I posted that episode, I started getting tagged in videos on TikTok and it was Drew Barrymore and Renee Rapp were doing uh, something on a stage, like a, a kind of talk. Yeah. And you see a man rush the stage and he's like, you know me, like Drew, you know me. And Renee Rapp immediately read the situation yeah. and ushered her off stage. Yep. And security came out. Yeah, security came out. But not only that, what gives me the chills is the story doesn't end there. And this was only five days ago. Since that Monday, the man was then arrested because he showed up to her New York home. And there's videos of him on the internet where he's like going, he's basically was making a chronicle online of him trying to figure out where Drew Barrymore lives. And he was talking to locals in the area. I don't want to say the city, but he was talking to locals in the area, like filming himself being yeah. like, what city are we in? Like, do you know where she lives? Like, and so he was, the fact that he was publicly documenting it, he clearly doesn't think what he was doing was wrong. No. And that's scarier to me than yeah, someone who it's, knows. It's really scary. And also... Something that is always like a weird situation to me is when someone does something like inherently creepy or like stalker like mm-hmm. that, like coming up on stage or, or like attempting to come up on stage. The real scary thing is that it's not illegal. I know. And because of that, they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like they can kick them out of the venue, mm-hmm. but that's really it. And then something like this happens where then they go, then show up to the home. And also, like, I don't, I think it shouldn't be illegal, right? Like, I, I, it's weird, but, like, there needs yeah. to be very specific lines about what people can be arrested yeah. for or else that's the way cops can abuse their power. You yeah. know, oh, we saw you at yeah. this place. You Loitering. were acting creepy. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, I don't think it should, but it is a really scary thing, too, yeah. where, like, they know that that person's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, if they are, if they truly have no shame or, like, no self-awareness, 
enough to stop a like literally on stage lecture, yeah. walk through the entire alleyway and try and talk to you in the middle of like a yeah. conversation. You're like, working. You're yeah, working. you're working. Like they're very clearly not going to stop at just like being escorted out of one place. Exactly. So I don't know. It's just like a weird situation. And and then exactly. And on top of that, um, Gene Iko and Big Sean recently filed for a temporary restraining order um, because a man had been showing up to um, her concerts and events. And wow. then there was already raising some alarm bells and he was able to get into their gated community and, I, again, I don't want to say the city, but he was able to get yeah. into their gated community and try to enter into the home. And so um, it's just this rising trend. It's not just happening in one city or mm -hmm. one area, but this really ties me into. But um, did you see the videos of what happened to Taylor Swift at a New Jersey restaurant? I saw like the crowd outside of the restaurant. Yes. It, it was like eerie, unreal. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Right. And I think what's scary is. This is something I talked about, too, in my former pod that came out, but that what these fans, because you look at the video and it's a lot of, like, young girls, young boys, and, I mean, shame on their parents, but I think that what they don't realize, and I'm not a security expert, mind you. This is just, I'm obsessed with the internet and why certain things happen the way they do, but what my belief is, there's two reasons this is really dangerous if you think that you're just a harmless fan showing up to these private mm -hmm. events. It was a wedding rehearsal dinner, not even the actual wedding that was like, uh, like even then would be weird, but it's this really small random restaurant in New Jersey. So I believe what happened, I saw a video on my feed where someone was like, oh, when Taylor Swift walks into, I don't want to say the restaurant name, um, and it was them at like a booth and they were filming her walking in. Yeah. I believe it was because that video went viral that then hundreds of fans showed up. There were blockages. The police had to be called. Yep. Taylor had to be escorted out. And there were a couple other celebrities at this dinner, like Lana Del Rey. But what gave it away that they were there for Taylor is they were literally chanting, Taylor, yeah. Taylor, Taylor. So these people might be harmless. And I don't think that true fans that like, I think respect is more important than love. And like, if you respect someone, that shows through. Whereas like you can say, oh, I love them. That's why I'm showing up to these things. That's worse than if you just say, I respect them and I'm going to yeah. give them distance. But um, essentially, when you show up to these events, the people that are stalking Taylor Swift, which I'll get into, there's been a couple, they're constantly looking for ways to rationalize their behavior when they're being told that it's wrong. They obviously already think that it's fine, which is why they're acting the way they are. Mm -hmm. But they have people telling them, they have their lawyer they have their family members they have the court system the police saying you cannot break into taylor swift's home you cannot show up to where she is they're telling them this but then they say there's a thousand teenage girls who yeah. just did it last night i also think it's too normal. there's this um what is the word i'm looking for there is this like division of guilt when yeah. it's like if you're the only person who shows up to mom taylor swift like you feel uncomfortable yes because you're like oh well like i'm the person mm -hmm. who ruined this intimate night yeah. for her whereas if a thousand people are there you're like one you're like well she exactly. would have been interrupted whether i was here or not so like yeah. i might as well just go so that i can see her you know what i mean yeah. like once more larger quantity gets yeah. involved it's like people feel less of an individualized sense yeah. of responsibility which is unhealthy and also why again i think as to your point as like why these things have been snowballing yeah like i think the more that they happen in more frequency, the more normalized it becomes. Yeah. And this division of guilt continues yeah. to where people are just like, 
I don't care. Like, let me go do exactly. it. Exactly. A dumb idea isn't as dumb if other people are doing it with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that with these events, there are, you know, the people in someone like Taylor Swift's team, they're trained to recognize a handful of faces. Like, mm-hmm. the, the public doesn't even know about these faces, but they know about certain people. And it's way easier to scan a smaller crowd from a block away. But now, when they have to scan thousands of faces, anytime Taylor Swift is in movement, those five extra seconds that it took them to look through the crowd could be life-ending. Yeah. And I don't think people understand that. It's easier for these people to blend in in a crowd. Um, and so I think that, you know, just these people stalking these celebrities, you're, you might think you're doing it peacefully, but you're really normalizing the behavior. And then... Or even if you're doing it peacefully, you're enabling somebody who's not. Exactly. And then on the note of specifically Taylor Swift too, when I was doing research, Taylor Swift did an interview with Elle magazine in 2018. Mm. And she said that she carries army grade bandages with her in her purse everywhere she goes that can help stop the bleeding if you get stabbed or shot. That's really Sad. sad. Yeah. That is so, that's an abnormal response to an abnormal situation that she's in. Right. And on top of that, there's been multiple instances of people showing up to her apartment. So um, a couple years ago, a man was able to break in twice to where she lived. Mm -hmm. Um, The first time he took a shovel to the front door of the apartment and then was arrested. And then that same year, he brought a ladder to her apartment, scaled the ladder, broke her window of her apartment with his bare hands, got into her apartment. She wasn't home, thank God, took a shower and then took a nap in her bed. Which tells me that person... That's terrifying. That's almost more scarier to me than someone who's like heightened sense and like knows they need to get in and get out. Like whatever their awful intentions are, the fact that he was able to take a nap in her bed means that his nervous system was so slowed down and calm with what he was doing that he didn't realize that it was off or he didn't just didn't yeah. care, which is or was worse. getting some sense of gratification from it. Exactly. Um, and then there was also a separate situation with someone else recently where he took a Greyhound bus from Florida to New York City, showed up to her apartment, was able to get into an elevator and a resident that was there realized something was wrong. And they started talking to him and he brought up Taylor Swift and they knew immediately yeah. it was odd. I also feel like if you know a celebrity, you don't call them by their full name. Like you wouldn't be like, I'm here to see Taylor Swift. You're like, I'm here for my <laughs> friend Taylor. Like, right, yeah, you know, yeah. those little things. That's a good point. And he was in the elevator and the smart resident told the guy, oh, you're here to see her. They played along and they said, if you want to get into her building, you actually have to leave the building, go around the side and knock on this specific door to get into her apartment. The man believed the resident, followed the instructions. The resident called for help and he was arrested while trying to knock on that door. Whoa, that's so smart by them. Yeah, so they were able to get him out of the building and lock everything. Shout out to Taylor neighbor. Yeah, so it just shows you like, I think that she has all of these accomplishments. A lot of celebrities do something similar has happened to Kim Kardashian, but like there is no price that you can put on a peace of mind. And it's so sad that that's something that they now have to sacrifice. And the internet, I think, has now sped up the access that these yeah. deranged people have to them. Sped up for sure is really a scary thing too. Yeah. Like I, we were talking about this yesterday, how I felt like specifically the For You page kind of like unintentionally enables it or people to discover celebrities faster. Yeah. Because even though the social, social media always existed, like mm-hmm. I felt like if you see Taylor Swift at a 
cafe and you post it on your Instagram story, it's going out to like the 2,000 people who follow you who are then like, maybe some of them will send it to a friend. Yeah. And some of them, and eventually like it'll get on Twitter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like eventually, or like some yeah. celebrity account or TMZ account will like post blah, blah, blah. it. Yeah. But I think like, the thing about the For You page is you can literally reach like 100,000 people in an hour. Yeah. Right? It's like unlimited discoverability, yeah. which is great for, you know, small businesses and creators and, and people pursuing things online. But mm-hmm. weirdly in this circumstance, I think it makes the spread of information too quick. Yes. That and causes harm, potentially. You make such a good point. And like specifically the way that the TikTok algorithm works is it's very localized. So yeah. when it sends yep. out a batch of your videos to test to like the first 100,000 people, it's it'll send ones to in, in your, your area. your vicinity. I, w- yeah. I recently went to San Francisco for a music festival and my entire For You page was videos about San Francisco yeah. that I'd never seen when I lived in LA. Yep. Um, and so those are just some like of the bigger notes. And then I want to talk about... Um, you know, if if someone still doesn't believe that fame is one of the most dangerous things that can happen to a person, I want to talk about specifically celebrities who have been killed by fans and fame. And then I want to end it on talking about after that more so like obsessed fans that emulate celebrities and why I think that's a whole other beast to tackle. Maybe not as immediate danger, but just like an odd trend as well. But um, okay, so skip for like five minutes if this is upsetting because it was upsetting for me to even report on but I think it's important to put into context like oh it's so glamorous to be like chased by fans down the street Mm -hmm. that's like saying oh it's so glamorous that this girl has a boyfriend that was so obsessed with her that he killed her like it's not it's not romantic right um okay so John Lennon he was shot in the back four times by a fan who had asked for his autograph a few hours prior terrifying and what was scary to me about the parallel between John Lennon and Taylor Swift, and I, God forbid, I hope n- this is just us talking about it and nothing ever happens, and I don't want to put that out there, so we're talking about it more in a protection way. But John Lennon, people always describe the Taylor Swift fandomonium right now as Beatlemania, like the closest thing our generation is seeing yeah. to Beatlemania. Mm-hmm. Something similar that John Lennon dealt with, and he's someone who is probably one of the most successful um and financially successful artists in the world went on one of the biggest tours in the world, he probably understood certain security measures right. and what he needed to protect himself. And even he wasn't able to protect himself from this. The biggest star in the world in the 1900s and you know early 2000s wasn't even able right. to protect and, and himself. And even then, social media wasn't as like developed yeah, as that's it is Yeah, that's true. That's like, true. I think it's only honestly probably even more potential threats out there now, than yeah, there were back then. Totally. But it's like if even you know this huge star was failed by the system and fans. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just scary. Um, It is really scary. Another one, Gianni Versace. He lived in Miami and he was shot twice in the head on his way home from a coffee run. The man claimed that it was like a domestic dispute and they were friends for years from the 90s. Upon further investigation, they found no links that the men had ever met. Whoa. Mm -hmm. So the person like convinced them that we were friends and it was a dispute. Another one, this one hit me hard because I used to watch her covers growing up, but Christina Grimmie, she was a YouTuber and um, she was also on The Voice, but she had a meet and greet and a man showed up, posed as a fan. He had two guns and a knife in his backpack and he shot and killed her. Her brother jumped into action and tackled the man. The man eventually killed himself, but it was 
maybe her brother even saved lives as well. Yeah, but, of the audience. And I think it shows too, yeah, this Christina Grimmie situation to me feels more reminiscent of what we're seeing with these live streamers getting mobbed where it's almost scarier too when you have this level of fame that's almost um, modeling what we're seeing with like Beatlemania and Taylor Swift, but then not having the financial means to have security. I think that's yeah. what's scary, what we're seeing with some influencers. Or the unpredictability of it. I'm sure yeah. it's like, like it probably doesn't make sense for any of these people to like have full-time yeah. security, nor do they make enough money. They, exactly. But like, I'm sure Taylor Swift does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, although like, not an ideal situation for her either, Yeah. does give her like a guaranteed sense of protection or something if she's like going to Target or I mean, she probably yeah. doesn't go to Target anymore. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think there's a, like being in that middle ground can mm -hmm. sometimes make it weirdly scary, scarier or, or dangerous as well. Um, and I also think that both of those situations prove that it's not just limited to like mainstream fame. Yeah. But is like any sort of parasocial relationship that can exist because of the internet. Yeah. You know, like if someone perceives you and you don't perceive them, then yeah. they can be a threat to your life. Exactly. Even if you don't know that they exist. Yeah. Did you see what Mr. B said recently about his safety on the Colin and Samir podcast? Yeah, where he talked about like now that he is like gotten to this level of fame that like if he gets recognized anywhere he has a role he has to leave within five minutes. Yeah, and I thought it was so interesting that he mentioned ever since it's these little things you wouldn't think of but are fascinating if you work on the back end. Ever since he started dubbing his YouTube videos in other languages, mm -hmm. he used to be able to travel outside of America and not really like be yeah. in danger or get recognized. He started dubbing his videos recently and now has skyrocketed to even more fame. And he said that he recently traveled to Chile mm -hmm. and one person, airport, yeah, he said, or he said that one person asked him for a photo in the airport. Yeah. And he didn't want to be rude, so he takes the photo. They post it on Twitter. People in Chile realize Mr. Beast is in Chile. By process of elimination, there's only so many hotels. Right. We're able to figure out what hotel he was in. They were running through the hotel, every single floor, knocking on every single door, trying to figure out what room he was in. And Mr. Beast had to like fork out money to pay for extra security for the hotel because people were mobbing it and waiting outside. Yeah, that's crazy. And so he's saying like now he's almost at a place where it's not really even like Fun. safe or enjoyable yeah. to leave anymore. I remember him saying that. It's so fascinating and scary. But um, And then just a few more. Selena, um, she was a singer and she had a woman who became obsessed with her. She had memorabilia and images of Selena in her apartment before even meeting the singer, met her, was able to kind of under this guise position herself as like, let me be first the manager of your boutique and then the president mm. of your fan club. And she got really close to Selena. Um, Selena eventually realized that the woman was also embezzling money. And then um, the woman convinced her to come to a motel room to kind of like sort it out mm -hmm. and shot and killed Selena instantly and said that it was because of a dispute. But like, again, if she had a gun on her yeah. going into that meeting, it makes me think it was premeditated, but right. I don't know. Um, another one, Princess Diana, she wasn't killed. Um, also, this is like so uncomfortable to talk about. We never really talk about deep topics, but again, it's just, it just shows the seriousness of the danger. Um, uh, just a few more. Princess Diana was um, killed in a car accident and the coroner actually ruled that it was because of the unsafe driving of the cars around her, which was the paparazzi. 
um, and her driver was driving unsafe trying to escape them. So she didn't die as a result of a specific fan, but literally because of fame. She died because of fame. The paparazzi chasing her. That's insane. Um, And then another one, Sharon Tate, a little different, but the man who led the group that ended up killing her was mad that he didn't get a record deal and kind of evacted, like basically put revenge on Hollywood Mm. and killed her and a handful of other people. Um, But she was the most notable. And then the last one, thank God they didn't die, but um, I think people forget about Kim Kardashian and she was held at gunpoint um, and tied up by masked men in the bathtub while they raided her hotel room. Oh yeah, I and, remember this. Yeah, and they they had stalked her for, it wasn't like a random attack, they had been stalking her for years leading up to that. Whoa. So they were in the hotel room asking her for certain valuables that only someone would know, like the exact amount of valuables that only someone would knew if they were stalking her. And they later admitted to having stalked her and knowing exactly what items she might have on her on that trip. That's crazy. Yeah. I recently had an experience where I was like on the outside looking in of like celebrities get stalked. Mm. So I was hanging out with two of my friends who were visiting LA and they wanted to go to Sir because oh my they're God. huge friends of, they're huge fans of EPR. Yes. So I was like, oh, let's like go and get a reservation. So I was like, okay, sure, whatever. We went, coincidentally, the night we go, not planned, the entire cast happened to be there filming. Oh. So they were not letting people in unless mm-hmm. you had a reservation. Okay. And there was like, lines of people outside yeah. like peeking through because it's like gated <laughs> it's creepy yeah and they were like peeking through these tiny hedges and stuff like that and like don't get me wrong like i thought it was like fun i was like oh my yeah. god like it's cool I'm they're sure, shooting yeah. a show like it, it's so nice to see blah 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 but then like I, I was talking to some of these people who were there looking at them too and and for us it was like literally a coincidence yeah but then some of these people who i met which most of which were like older like in their 30s it's and odd, 40s yeah. and there was these group of three women and they're like, oh yeah, we knew they'd be here. Like we've been checking their Instagram stories for the past four days. And they were just like seemingly very normal, like mature women in their thirties and forties. And I was like, that's a little fucking weird. weird." I think so. It's a little fucking weird. And it goes to show like like anybody will do it. Yeah. And it's people you least expect. And also too was like, I started to feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like I was just in a crowd of people looking at them, but I could tell they were like, yeah, like they could work. tell that they were being stared at, and eventually security came out and like told people they need to back away from a certain location because they were making people uncomfortable and disrupting <gasps> the filming. Blah blah blah. And I was like, dude, like it's not, it's not that deep. Like you're gonna look yes. at them for 15 seconds, like eating a plate of spaghetti. Like what is so, like? It's this like fishbowl thing of is, like wanting to so watch someone. Weird. That instance that you, it kind of reminds me of the Christina Grimmy situation where. These people, especially this last year, reached this level of fame, but yet I don't think that like necessarily the VPR cast has the financial resources to match the security right. threat that they might be in now. Right. That's, so, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, I thought that was so interesting that you said. Um, and now I want to switch gears a little bit. It's a little bit of a lighter note, but still odd. And it's kind of this other, um, kind of a similar take, but like obsessed fans who kind of emulate stars and why it's also just very odd. Um, did you see recently that there was a TikToker named Ashley who went to the Grove as a YouTube prank and the tried Taylor to Swift act- girl. Yeah, she tried to act like Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan either. One, I think it mocks the actual danger that Taylor Swift is in. Two, I think that 
you could cause an actual security issue where someone yeah. gets trampled mm -hmm. or hurt. Easily, easily, easily. Yes. Not even that. They go for like parking. Like, yeah. I, do you know how many people would rush to the Grove I know. if Taylor Swift was there? Like, there would be hundreds of cars on the road. People yeah. would be sprinting. They would be parking in the middle of the lot because the parking lot would yeah. be full. Like, it really would cause mass hysteria. And I really want there to be, like, a psychological study on these people who try to, like, emulate other stars because I can't think of any situation where it's successfully led to a career. <laughs> like, why oh, they it's literally it. they want to feel the feeling of what it feels to be like them for to be important. 20 seconds yeah yeah and like they can take off the gear in the getup and like go back to their normal life taylor swift can't right. you know, ariana grande can't but also what i thought was funny about that video is like no actual celebrity goes to the grove there's like a nordstrom's <laughs> yeah. and a sprinkles cupcake right you're not doing your shopping there right it's also so public no celebrity would ever go there. no none and um What's also weird to me about this specific woman is she's like in her 30s with kids and like was a nurse at one point. I'm like, I think it's different when maybe someone who's younger yeah. acts like a celebrity because like you're young, you're trying on different identities. You've re like the moment that your frontal lobes have fully developed, like let's just not. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like right. you don't have the excuse of being naive anymore. Right. And it's one thing to be like, I look like this person. It's a complete other thing to be like, let me dress up as them exactly. Yeah. Let me hire a fake security yeah. team and let me go to a public setting yeah. to be potentially or ideally mobbed. Ideally, yeah. Because why else ideal. are you doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Like to be ideally mobbed by random people yeah like it's just you know maybe worth some self-reflection yeah and you opinion. can you can kind of tell in the video she's like smirking like yes like it's working. i know yeah um and then one other note and then we'll be done with this topic is there's a girl her name's paige neiman and she got big on tiktok a couple years ago for uh, mimicking ariana grande again back then it was kind of this grace given to her like she's yeah young, i remember she's this. a teenager um yeah. i think that's always different but where I think it became almost malicious is she launched an OnlyFans and would promote it by dressing and acting as Ariana Grande. Yeah, see, that's gross to me. Like, if I think that is as bad as deep fake. Exactly. Yeah, like, if you're pretending to be them. Yeah. And directly stating, like, I am, you should look at me naked because I look like this person. Yeah. It's like... Weird. And it, it for anyone listening who might not know, it's we're basically saying it's foreshadowing this trend on the internet where people are creating very like either lewd sexual videos or even just videos of people doing awful things, saying awful things, and then they're putting deep fakes yeah. of other celebrities over their face to either right. embarrass the celebrity, get them in trouble, get money for being able to sell it the as views, this celebrity. So yeah, all of it. It's just a whole thing that I think we're just now seeing the beginning of the way that the internet is kind of mm -hmm. impacting it. But I just felt like it was important to talk about because I hope that this conversation leads to some laws or some self-awareness as a society to not act like this. I think especially in America, we're obsessed with celebrities and we idolize celebrities and yet there's still some disdain towards them that they're not seen as human or we don't yeah. want to protect them so right it's like they're somehow above human and less than human at the same time whoa like it's chills. weird yeah yeah okay um, now we can get into yours no okay second thing i want to talk about is like billy porter harry styles Anna Wintour, vogue cover drama okay so in december of 2020 why is this a topic now i don't really know <laughs> I don't really know what started it, but this the Vogue cover was in December of 2020. Harry Styles was on the cover of Vogue. 
who's wearing a dress, he was the first man to ever be on the cover of Vogue. Okay. Right? After that, apparently, Billy Porter and Anna Wintour had a conversation on the phone, like a private conversation, where he more or less explained to her why he was disappointed in this and why he felt it was queer rating and more or less said, and I quote, use your power as Vogue to uplift the voices of the degendering fashion movement. Mm. And I don't know what Anna Wintour's intentions were. I mean, like, you know what I mean? I think we could do an entire episode on her Mm -hmm. as a person, specifically. However, like, I want to talk about specifically, like, this concept of queer baiting. And something that Billy Porter said, too, is he's like, it's not Harry Styles' fault that he happens to be cute and white and straight and fit into the infrastructure that way. I call out the gatekeepers. So, like, his dilemma or his grievance wasn't with Harry Styles doing it, but more or less like the people who selected him to be the choice as the cover of Vogue. And I, as a gay man, and again, I don't know, I'm just one man with one, my one perspective. Like, you know, this is just my opinion. I think that sometimes this idea of queer baiting can be harmful to the community and harmful to the exact things that it's trying to champion, like the de-gendering of fashion. Like, I think this idea of queer baiting kind of um, antagonizes our own cause, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So, like, the example I always like to think about is Kit Connor, who was the um, lead of Heartstopper, not the the eyebrows guy, the ginger (laughs) guy. Okay. Kit Connor, him, right? 18-year-old. Okay. 18-year-old kid playing a high schooler in a movie, Mm -hmm. right? And, like, one of the most popular gay TV shows that has, has come out in the past decade. You know what I mean? Um, when, he, when this aired, he was receiving all of this criticism for, like, mm. queer baiting. And, like, you shouldn't be the face of this. Netflix should have used their money and resources to uplift someone who was actually part of the community, blah, blah, blah. And by doing that, by calling somebody out for queer baiting, you're instantly assuming that they're straight. Mm. Right? Because you're saying this is something that a queer person should be doing, not a straight person. And because you're a straight person doing this, you're wrong for doing it. And we should have a queer person there instead. And some cases, that's a correct line of thinking. I completely agree. But I think it's also important to realize, like, if that person has not come out openly and categorize or define themselves as straight or if it's someone who's like an 18 year old kid and still experience like doesn't know he doesn't know yeah that like you need to give them grace and maybe that they were entirely excited to take that role or take that opportunity in the first place because they wanted to explore that side of themselves a little bit more so then kit connor ended up feeling like because in the midst of this criticism he came out publicly and in his like coming out he said like this is really frustrating to me i feel like Anybody who watched the show and is getting mad at me for queer baiting didn't understand the concept of the show to begin with. Oh. And I think that that's a fantastic point. And I think specifically with going back to Harry Styles, like he's someone who's very intentionally never labeled himself. Mm. And, you know, I don't know what his sexuality is. I'm not interested in speculating on it. However, I think that when you think of a lot of people who were more feminine presenting, and especially for many years, especially when they identified as straight, like the Freddie Mercury's, like Mm -hmm. the David Bowie's, as they got older, 
mo ended up coming out as queer or, or having, you know, being a part of the community in some way. And I think that it's even harder for them when they're put under this magnifying glass of every single action at all times. Like when someone's telling you, you're gay, you just don't, I know you're gay, you just don't know you're gay yet. Like, that was such a relatable experience, at least for me, like in high school. Like, I remember when I started to realize that I was gay and came out to some of my friends and stuff like that. Like, I knew, but I also had this, like, innate rage within me mm -hmm. that all of these people who bullied me and were bad people were, like, going to be told that they were right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, see, I knew it. It was so obvious he was that. gay, blah, blah, blah. And that frustrated me so much. Yeah. And I think that so much of that resentment made it take longer for me to come out. And I think that if that's what's happening to at least the way I felt on a macro lens of a high school in Virginia, mm -hmm. I can only imagine how like people in the public eye feel when it's yeah. millions of people doing it to every action they take. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that it's a little bit like to throw around the word queer baiting is a little dangerous is mm -hmm. essentially what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't think it's something that you should antagonize someone or accuse someone of lightly. Yeah. Um, Unless they're like, yeah, I'm straight. I was just doing that for attention. Like, right. Or like, and I think that there are blatant examples when it's not right. Like if this yeah. was like a pride cover, yeah. that's not right. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a blatant example of like, hey, this is a, the one month you have your issue to dedicate towards yeah. like <laughs> yeah. this specific community. Like you need to do better, right? Yeah. There are a million, million examples of when it's really important to be uplifting yeah. someone of the community. But, I, and you know what I mean? I don't know. No, I think It's a very nuanced topic. And I don't yeah. think there's a right answer. I wonder if like, just as an outsider looking in, obviously I'm like a straight white woman. I wonder if there's this feeling of like betrayal maybe for someone where they've been told since they were a kid, like, you're not straight enough. Like, you don't fit in with us. Like, you're not straight enough. So then they outwardly start to express yeah. and maybe explore another identity. And then they're told like, you're not gay enough. Like, you're not. Totally. And then it's like, where do I this fit is, in? Um, uh, that narrative is something that I've actually heard a lot from friends specifically who are bisexual mm. um where they feel like they're like either not straight enough or not gay enough yeah. and always like feeling like like they're somehow an outsider of both communities yeah in an interesting way i wonder if like even in some ways queer baiting too can translate to like bi erasure of like well you're saying you're like you're you have to be one or the other but it's like what if one maybe i don't know or two right. i'm kind of somewhere in the middle right and also going back to the point about Harry Styles, like to me, I feel like if the goal is truly to have this degendering of fashion, which I very much believe in, yeah. and I think most queer people believe in as well, then isn't it counterintuitive to say like, oh, we, a straight man shouldn't be doing this, only gay people should be doing this. Right. Because then to me, it's like, well, then you're doing the same thing yeah. that other people are doing to us, but reverse. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're saying, like, that's just for gay yeah. people instead of saying that's just for straight people or whatever. Like, it to me, it's at the very least, like, progressive of the message that I want delivered to yeah. society. Um, and also, too, I think, like, Harry Styles specifically is really the symbol of non-toxic masculinity in mm -hmm. our society. Yeah. Like, I really think that's one of the things that he stands for, whether it's directly or inadvertently. Like, the fact that your girlfriend is attracted to a man in a dress. Yeah. When you think that, like, 
you have to be this, you know, hyper masculine and like our society yeah. and, and like the male gaze is entirely built upon like this perceived idea of like what women yeah. want in a masculine man. Whereas if you ask most women, I'm sure that they vi like value sensitive and yeah. expressive qualities significantly more than that. However, Harry being that symbol, even if he were a straight man, I feel like is good for society, mm -hmm. at least to me, in my opinion. And again, I don't want to like categorize him as anything, but I think that it's interesting. And also I think that it's, there's a benefit to it being an A-list, not openly queer celebrity. Because then again, you know, like if the goal is really to degender fashion, if the cover is somebody who is openly gay, then the first thing the far right is gonna say is like, oh, well that's just cause they're gay. Yeah. Like, that's just for gay people. So you weaponize it. Right. Or, like, people who are just very ignorant and closed-minded. We're like, yeah. oh, yeah, well, he did that because he's gay. He did blank. Like, yeah. they, get, they get to use it as a scapegoat in that sense. Whereas I think when you put somebody who's, like, very intentionally yeah. in the middle, like, very, very outwardly. It disarms Almost, like, them. queer expressing, but, like, very, very outwardly straight presenting. Yeah. And has, like, a very, very mass appeal of, like, a straight audience. It's, like... Somebody perfectly in the middle is almost like the yeah. most beneficial choice. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird. Still, it's hard. It's hard. And I think even the way you're articulating it too, it shows like what when you were showing me the Billy Porter interviews, um, really coming to this conclusion of like, I think the internet wants to put people against each other and be like, this person came out the winner, this person came out yeah. the loser. But I almost think like also Billy Porter had great examples and it's like totally. had great points and it's like. Both of them can be right. Right. And I don't like I don't think any of the things Billy Porter said are wrong. Yeah. But I think that maybe in this circumstance, they weren't as I don't want to say like warranted, because they're always warranted. But yeah. like I don't know, like even Harry Styles too, like I think it would be one thing to me, like if it was somebody who was a straight man or non-identified man that had like never worn a dress before but uh, then they just did it for the cover yeah. of Vogue you know what I mean because then it's like okay you're doing it for yeah. a monetization opportunity yeah. like you're like oh let me do this to get <laughs> to get popular from it to like be in headlines yeah. but like I think Harry Styles has proven by this point that like he's gonna wear some crazy shit regardless of yeah. like whether or not it's on a magazine cover and, you know what I mean so it's yeah. like to me at the very least it is genuine with his regardless if we look at it from a sexual identity perspective, personal style perspective. Totally. It, it makes me think of, um, there's this one TikToker that I love. His name's Zach Wilmore. Mm -hmm. And he has like 2 million followers. But the way that he initially blew up on TikTok a couple years ago was um, he wore a wedding dress to school, yeah. like high school. And people are like, why would you do that? But the point that he made like has always stuck with me. And he said... You know, I'm confident enough to literally wear a crazy wedding dress to class at high school. And the reason I'm doing it is it gives silent permission to someone out there in my class who yeah. maybe they've wanted to try something new. They're afraid of getting yep. bullied. They want to express themselves in a certain way, but it takes the target off their back. And now it gives them silent permission. Like, well, maybe I want to wear this more feminine shirt. And I was afraid, but if Zach wore a wedding dress to math class, and right. was able to do it, maybe I can do this and I don't have to be as afraid. Right. It's like by somebody it's opening the door the first time. Yeah, it yeah. gives like silent permission because totally. it's always going to be less than the other thing. Yeah, and they know that like if they're more popular, like with Harry Styles, 
it's like Harry Styles kind of like puts the target on his back and allows others to maybe then express yeah, totally. it. Yeah, totally. And I feel like Harry Styles does give that silent present. Harry Styles does give that silent permission yeah. to straight men. Yeah. That are maybe or like at queer. queer or like questioning them. Yeah. Totally. To be like, well, if this guy's doing it on the most grand stage there is yeah. in life, like me wearing flared pants to Starbucks yeah. on Tuesday is like yeah. not that big of a deal. It takes a target off my right. back. Totally. I love yeah, I love that. Um but yeah, that's just what I thought about the situation. I don't know. Um, it's one of those things where there's no conclusion. It's just open-ended. Yeah, it's just open-ended. I like that. I just, I, exactly. And I also like the idea of just like having a discussion from both sides regardless yeah. of what your conclusion is. There's no, on the internet, there doesn't always have to be a winner and loser. Because when there's a winner and loser, then just everyone loses at the end when yeah. you have to pick a side. Like right. just allow things to exist. And I always love to say when it comes to certain things is like, sometimes when I speak out, I'll say, this is my opinion right now. But it's subject to change if new information becomes right. available. That's and really not beautiful. just being like, err. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to get into like your predictions and thoughts and then we'll save bad ideas for after you finish like okay. the rest of your thoughts as well. Okay. My the next thing I want to talk about was like, do you think having a genre as a music artist is dying? I almost think it's not necessarily that having a genre as a music artist is dying because we do see randomly like country music for the first time ever mm -hmm. is at the top of the charts yep. of the billboard charts. I think it's that what we formerly saw as the formula for pop music, which mm -hmm. pop literally stands for popular music. Right. There was a formula. Yep. There, that formula is no longer right. working. It's kind of like cracked. It's completely cracked. And like now, some artists in the pop music genre are like trying to figure out this formula is no longer working. So, um, and putting themselves in a bucket mm -hmm. can also be limiting. Right, and also I just feel like most artists to me have like diverged mm -hmm. into multiple points. Like a great example I think of is like Drake. Like, yeah. someone could look at me and say, Drake is pop, Drake is rapper hip-hop, or Drake is R&B. And I don't think I could disagree with, like, any of those totally. sentiments. Like, he's kind of all three at once at the same time. Mm -hmm. Or, it's like, a song will feel super, super yeah. rap, but then the next song is, like, so pop. Like, And that's what he does best is being a chameleon. Like, yeah. I think the reason he's been in the public eye for over a decade now is, like, he never let the music industry put him in a box and every time he re-emerged he had a new sound he right. had a new flow he had a new style i also think it's why he has the most feature streams of any yes. artist in history he dips his toes because by he's featuring. really able to like um dip his toes into yeah. like whatever the whatever the is next. like the primary point of the song yeah you know what i mean even if it's somebody else's um but i mean i think even because of that too like another artist i was really thinking about is like rihanna's last album was anti which was in 2016. But my favorite thing about that album was like it felt like there was no genre to it. Yeah. Like I felt like Love on the Brain and Higher felt like blues. Like yes. it literally felt like yes. Rihanna singing the blues. Experimental. And then, you know, Needed Me was a bit more of that like R&B hip hop style that we're yes. familiar with. But then like Work was just like a pop, pop. club song. Yes. Like just a pop club song. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I loved that album so much because I felt like it satisfied every emotional desire that I go to music for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what mood you're in, you can pick something from that album totally. to do it to you. And then, or I think other artists are 
uh, like a thing that's become popular is like they'll really have a specific genre to like that album, but yeah. not a genre to like their entire catalog. Miley Cyrus. Yeah, where like they can release an album where it just randomly feels like like more rock or yeah. something. Like I think Billy kind of did that with her most what was the name of her most recent album? That oh, Happier yeah. Than Ever was on. Yeah. Like yeah, it just yeah, felt yeah. like the most like punk yeah. she's ever been. Yes. And I loved that. But yeah. then like I don't think it needs to define her style Mm-mm. for eternity. Mm-hmm. Like I think that she could go back to singing a song like yeah. Bad Guy or like and, and it would be great. So I hope that we start to see more artists kind of killing the idea of a genre. But yeah. I think it's funny that you brought up country because I was thinking the same thing too, of that it feels like country is like the only thing that is still like its own definitive island. And I think part of that is, and why it charts so high on the Billboard is Billboard still for some reason considers radio streams as such a big bucket. Mm. And country music fans, I think, are like the opposite of early adopters yeah. with technology. I think they're a little bit more like they Probably enjoy the tradition. Higher average age as well. Higher average age. And they're the ones that are listening to the radio and yeah. like listening to country radio. Yeah. And it's bumping the streams up in that way. Um, whereas other genres are so fragmented. Like people, you know, a pop music person isn't listening to the same five songs on the radio, they're now listening to 20 songs by 20 different artists in one right. sitting. Yeah, and I also heard a TikTok, it was from, I always bring her up, but one of my favorite, Fluently Forward. Mm-hmm. And she did a video recently where she was talking about Demi Lovato and she's like, I think that Demi needs to cut the grunge act and go like full jazz. Like no one's really mm-hmm. doing jazz right now. Like. And also, she has the voice for it. And have you heard, there's this new artist, her name's Lofi, and she's blowing up right now. She does like old school jazz. She just put out a single called, I think it was California and Me Last Night. And it's like her and um, this one opera house. They like made a song together. And it's like, I think we're gonna see, and jazz music obviously also has roots. I wanna nod to like, the black community and they're like the originators of it and i think that i hope that we see more artists um even like i think john batiste in some ways but like oh yeah um i do think though also in pop music as well we're gonna see this movement away from like almost hyper pop kind of what we saw with like early doja cat and it's gonna push more and towards like a more slow jazz i think that'll be the next trend in music I would love that. My saxophone is my favorite instrument. Really? Yes. So, like, I just Kenny am, G. like, anything yeah. with the saxophones yeah. hanging out. I could see The weekend putting out a jazz album. He He'd be would good be at that. really good mm-hmm. at a jazz album. Yeah. And he's another one of those people who's been a chameleon. Yeah, like and I think say. he, after he was on a specific show that I can't see the name of because of the strike, he got a lot of, like, pushback for his role in that. Yeah. So I could see him trying to reinvent as, like, an old Hollywood respected <laughs> guy. Yeah. Um, I have a theory that Justin Bieber should put out an R&B album. Ooh. Especially after this dilemma with Scooter Braun yeah. and everyone leaving Scooter Braun. I think that they are all in a very, like, pinnacle moment for their music career. Yeah. And they need to do something that differentiates them from, like, what were they with Scooter Braun, especially as he's oh. someone who's known for being very petty and coming af- after people's masters or catalogs. Like, they need to be prepared to pivot their sense of music into something new You're for the so worst right. case scenario. So I think Justin Bieber should put out an R&B album. Why do I think this? Starting, he has a music video coming out with SZA. Oh my and God. And I felt like that was like a not a pairing that I expected, but mm-hmm. I love to see together yeah. and like randomly makes a lot of sense. And also when I think about 
all of, like my favorite, a lot of my favorite Justin Bieber songs. He has cl done collabs with Daniel Caesar. He's done collabs with Chance the Rapper. Like, yeah. I almost feel like he has, he's been in like pop, was like the face of boy pop male, the yeah. male figure, the Justin Timberlake of our time. Never say for, never. Yeah, for like five years. Yeah. And I think that it's going to reach like, not its peak, but like its potency. Yeah. Like it's not interesting to see anymore because we're going to get a new Justin, like yeah. Justin Bieber 13 year old eventually. Yes. So I think if he were to pivot into being a little more cross genre, like again, like I felt like Peaches was like such a popular song for people that like blew up. Yeah. Because it felt like him like having this laid back style. Yes. And like having this like maturity. And a feature like Daniel Caesar. Yeah. Was so like I think he needs to put out a song with SZA. I think he needs to put out another song with Daniel Caesar, but on Daniel Caesar's album. Uh. I think he should collaborate with um, people that are like I don't know who do I more established in R and B. Yeah, even Frank. Yeah. I know, like Justin Bieber and Frank Ocean yes. are best friends. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, like I think that if he went transitioned his next album into a more slower pace, not necessarily just club music. Yeah he would differentiate his career away from the era Scooter Braun had control over him. Oh, I see. I think me just now fixing on one idea, he needs to go into jazz. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this is going to be a hyper Bieber. Jazzy Bieber. <laughs> Jazzy Bieber. There we go. I mean, his voice is, fits like anything. Like, that's what his... Justin Bieber truly is one of those people where, like, he was meant to be a singer. Like, his yeah. voice is just so unique. So... Um, maybe even like Justin Bieber and Post Malone. I'm surprised they haven't collabed yet. If they have. I could be wrong. Okay, they have. They have. Um, but even like the, Justin Bieber's honestly kind of another chameleon. Like yeah. even Despacito was like one of his yeah. biggest songs. And I think that it, he needs to be smart about who he aligns himself with I next. think so too. You're so right about now that there's this like post-scooter era that's happening. Yeah, because it's definitely going to be like... I think there has to be some sort of like legal situation happening. Yeah. Well, and if they flop in their next era, then they kind of give Scooter ammo to be like, see, you need me back. Exactly. Or yeah. to just like come for them. Yeah. Like he's known for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I think they need to like build the walls before the attack yes, comes totally. is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Um, I love that. But yeah, we can, I mean, we can do bad ideas only. Okay. Or what do you want to do? Um, I want to hear about your Olivia Rodrigo rebrand. Oh, I, because I didn't hear like the theory behind you're it. You're so right. Okay. okay. Olivia Rodrigo is going to rebrand away from purple to red. Really? Oh, sorry. I have a theory. Olivia Rodrigo is about to completely ditch the color purple and rebrand into red. What? And I have a few pieces of evidence to support my theory. Okay. So to start, it all goes back to what was the first single she released for this album? Vampire. Vampire. What does the album cover look like? Black and white with a very, very slight thing of purple. I think the purple represents her childlike innocence and that wonder of her being a young, creative person because Sour was all purple. However, Vampire, it feels like she's been drained of that color because she was the life was sucked out of her, literally. And what is the one thing repairing her? This one piece of childlike innocence she still feels like she's barely holding on to, that touch with like what made her fall in love with music in the first place, wow. right? Let's go to the second single, Bad Idea Right. Now this time it still has purple in the background. However, the purple is darker, significantly darker. Also the purple album cover of Guts is significantly darker, which I think is meant to signify this 
stepping away maturity of this light purple color into like a more serious adult, more serious things, talking about people sucking the life out of you, Dang. right? So bad idea, right, but what is the thing? What is the text? Red. She's writing it in red lipstick. What is she wearing in the music video? Red lipstick. What is she wearing in the Guts album cover? She's wearing a black shirt, but what's under it? The red. A red bralette. This video has so much red in it. Red is the dominant color. If you look at the lips of every single person in the music video, they're releasing red lipstick. If you look at the uniforms of the cheerleaders, they're wearing red. If you look at any of the text that pops up on screen, it's the color red. If you look at the costumes, if you look at Olivia's necklace, if you look at the color of Olivia's ring, everything is red. There is a clear transition from purple to red. She's intentionally putting the color purple and the color red next to each other. So then we get the end of the music video where she's finally pulling up to her ex-boyfriend's house to make the bad idea. When she's on the way there, in the bus, she gets splashed in the face with a red Slurpee. Like <gasps> red is just hitting her in the face. And I think red is meant to symbolize like her next chapter, right? Like that's why it's hitting her in the face. It's an abrupt wow. like coming into who she is next, right? She then steps out of the bus into the rain to her ex-boyfriend's house. She's wearing a light purple sweater. It's the only piece of light purple in the entire music video. Wow. She then takes it off. What is she wearing under the light purple? Red. Red. Wait, what? She then gets into her ex-boyfriend's bed where she's laying there. She's laying like this, looking at the ceiling. No purple in sight, only red. It slowly pans out. There's fire, red fire next to her. Also, all of the things on the floor that are in the boyfriend's apartment, red. So I am convinced Nikki. that she is dropping these Easter eggs and that either her next single or like next album, something like we're going to see the first time she steps away from this purple color and it's going to be red as the primary color of her brand. Whenever she puts out like her actual album, they should sell the vinyl as like a red vinyl. Yeah, or I think it would be cool because vinyls are two-sided. So what oh. if it's purple on one and red on the other? Well, and also just me as a woman referring to like Mother Nature, but red is like the ultimate symbol of womanhood. Because it's is. like when you become it is a woman. It is the ultimate and, symbol of womanhood. And it's like almost more of a creative way for her to transition from Disney star to like now. Yeah. Like it's like using color as a nod to like okay, I'm shedding like that purple innocence, like right. you said, to like now, you know, and even appealing to her audiences, they're growing older as right. well. Right, and I also think it's very intentional, not a shift, but a transition. Yeah. It goes from light purple to black and white with purple to dark purple to dark purple with red. And now wow. I think it will be just red. Like, I think there's an intentional color Shift. story happening. That is, like, at first when you said it, I was like, okay, it'll be a cool, like, marketing thing. And then you were telling me, like, all the, like, actual evidence in the music video. And I was <laughs> like, wait, what? I know. I'm, that's what I'm telling you. I'm convinced it's right. Like, wow. I, and if it's not, I think it's a <laughs> huge marketing missed opportunity. I think she should transition to red and then release a lip kit. I've been saying this. Oh, I it would she, be so smart. Yeah. The entire Bad Idea Right music video is her writing lipstick on the mirror, oh. I think it would be so easy for her to come up with shade names like Blood Red yes. for Vampire Vampire. Not. I think it would be cool if she, one of the shade ranges was named like 
ah, like, you know, like, part of the song where it goes, like, I can't hear my thoughts, and the girl's going, like, ah, like, yeah, they're going like that. Yeah. And so it's, like, ah, in the sense yeah. of, like, I can't hear my thoughts, yeah. but also, ah, the sound you make when you, like, open your mouth at the oh. doctor. Like, I feel like there's so many. Symbolism. Yeah, easy ways for her to put it out as a product. It would be such a good collaboration. What if she wears a red dress to, like, the VMAs or the she Grammys? She was spotted in London wearing red dresses all the time. Dude. Not only that, a lot of people were theorizing that the specific red dress was meant to mirror her look from High School Musical, the musical one. Dang. So she's really like, this was a version of me and now it's the older version of me. Yes. A nod. Wow. That was so good. Isn't that crazy? I love that. That was amazing. Um, But yeah, I mean, we didn't have... We, we do... I know. We we dove deep with these. I love it though. Should we do, do bad ideas do? only? Let's do one each. One each. Okay. One bad idea only each. Okay. And then save the rest for TikTok. Yeah. Okay. Find us on TikTok, you guys. Okay. Or I, shorts if you're on YouTube. They're there. Yeah. I have a bad idea only for, okay, Selena Gomez. Okay. Airbnb needs her for a Super Bowl commercial this upcoming year. Really? I know you're like, what's the correlation? Yeah, why? What? Why? The vision came to me when I was listening to her new song, Single Soon. Okay. Banger. Literally closed my eyes. It came to me. Love that. It'll be like a Love Island villa, mm -hmm. which is really trendy. I feel like Super Bowl commercials are always a nod to whatever trended that year. Okay. So it's a Love Island villa, and you hear her song playing in the background, and then you hear the narrator voice, and it's like, a hot new bombshell has entered the villa. <laughs> and you see like a slow pan of someone walking out. Mm -hmm. The Hint. heels. They love yeah, the heel shot. The heel shot. Hint, it's Selena Gomez. So she's walking out, and you see these like shocked faces on everyone like all the contestants they're like oh my god and then it slowly pans up as she walks out to their little group and then it's like silence and it's selena and in her dry humor she's like wait where's the new single and then sarah highland the host of usa love island is like uh-huh it's you you're the hot new single and she's like Oh no. Like I'm seeing it in the way that Selena delivers humor. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I just found this place on Airbnb and I booked a room. Are you guys staying here too? And then it's <laughs> like this song, like her song yeah. playing. I think that would be so iconic to be like, no, like I'm not here. I think that they should make it a special where it's like a discounted promotion for single travelers <gasps> or for like single bedroom stays. Cause that would be iconic. And I also feel like it would tie really well into like the era that she's going through now, what her song's about, like yes. being single, finding independence, yes. both like romantically, but also just like that self-actualization process yes. of being an adult, I feel like is learning how to do things alone. Exactly. Like learning how to go to the movies alone, learning how to take a restaurant, learning how to take a vacation by yourself. Yes. I'm 24, I've never even taken a vacation by yeah. myself. So I think tying in Single Soon as a song to Airbnb as a brand is a great way to align the two. And they could be like, use code single soon for like discounted stays on one bedroom. Yep. I love, and you're so right about, I didn't even think about that, but in the vision I saw her even being, cause the whole song about single soon is like, no, I'm not trying to date. And they're like, hot new single. And she's like, I'm Wait, not interested. Who's the single? Yeah, right. she's like, oh, I'm not here to date. Right. I'm here because exactly. I found this place on Airbnb. <laughs> exactly. I love that. That would be, I think that could be such a good like, ad for Selena. It would be so good. Yeah. Um, my bad idea only is 
Billie Eilish needs to come out with a hair dye company. Okay. Not just hair care, hair dye. I feel like <gasps> it's the thing she is known for most so is how she changes her hair color. It's unpredictable. It's like every time it feels like a moment. Yeah. And not only that, she always like changes her entire look. Like she'll yes. literally match her entire outfit just based on yes. like what her hair is doing. And you came up with the name, I loved it. It was like bad guy hair dye. Yes. Which I thought was so good. And I loved the point you made about Addison Ray last week where you talked about how like hair, beauty is oversaturated, skincare with is oversaturated with celebrity yeah. brands. They're the most popular. So many. But like this beautification space is really, really prominent. And I think a great way to stay aligned to that, but to do something unique is to do hair. Yes. Like there are the patterns with uh, Tracy Ellis Ross and, yes. and JVN Beauty yes. with John from Queer Eye, but they're really hair care. And they're catered to an older demographic yeah. that's maybe not going to dye their hair pink Right, and I feel like dyeing your hair is such like an iconic trope of like being a young person. Yes. Like you haven't lived until you've impulsively dyed your hair exactly. blonde like or red just yes. on a Saturday night mental breakdown. Yes. You know what I mean? So like I think her doing that, her having that young audience would work so well. I also love that it's not um, gen a gender specific product. Yes. Like I think that even things like hair care are generalized yeah. more women targeted. Yeah, just yeah. women. But hair dye, hair color can be anyone. Yes. And I think it would be such an easy thing for her to promote organically too. Mm -hmm. Like every time she dyes her hair, like, oh, I want to do purple next. They just release the purple shade. Exactly. Like they don't release a shade of it until Billy has done it. And then all the Billy fans see it and they're like, oh my God, that's fucking easy. Yes. Like I want to do it too. Yeah. So then they do it. I also think it would be sick too because in a weird way, it would kind of become concert merch. Like oh. people would go to her concert with like, I'm dyeing my hair for the Billy concert. Yes. To whatever TikToks. color from her brand. It just, I think there's so many ways that she can incorporate it. Um, and it would I be agree. such a great great business and I think you're so right about like the gendered even when you go I think that hair dye is one of those things that feels similar to like deodorant where or like when people would sell pencils and it's so gendered for no reason mm -hmm. like the women hair dye is like more even more expensive than the men hair dye it's the same exact product maybe the women hair dye has like more of a volume but they're basically selling the same exact thing. And why are they like so marketed differently in different aisles? It's literally the same product. So it would be cool to have a new hair care, hair dye yeah. brand launch that's like, it doesn't have to be in the men or women aisle. It's for anyone. Like exactly, bad guy, hair it's dye. both. Anyone can be a bad guy. <laughs> like be a that's bad guy. That's so good. I love that. Anyone can be a bad guy is everything. And I think people love leaning into that like anti-villain marketing narrative, which I think Billy has done so well. Yeah, she yeah. really, really has. I love that. Um, Do we want to finish off by just talking about our two points about one something we got invited to? Oh yeah. Just on a lighter note, if you've made it this far, like this is us just hanging out now. If you made it this far, we love now. you. Yeah, we're literally just hanging out as friends now. Um, okay, so you tell the story because it was like you're the one who initiated it. Yeah, so if you got, I feel like so many people that watch us are on like TikTok or wanting to be on TikTok, and I really just want to like the power of capturing things. So I was at a festival, um, and it was the day that Lana was supposed to perform. Outside lands, yes, in San Francisco. And for some reason, I woke up that morning and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna vlog this day to see where it goes. I didn't really know what the narrative of the vlog would be, where it would end up. And as we were going throughout the day, I was like, oh my God, thank God I decided to vlog today because so many weird random things were happening that were really funny. Like we went to brunch at 10 a.m. and the chef came out from the back and like poured tequila in everyone's mouth at the restaurant, like person to person. And I was Period. like, 
this would only happen on a day that I <laughs> yeah, or ended vlogging. up vlogging. And the concert, um, just in terms of like the weather and like the stage that Lana was supposed to come out at, being fully transparent, it was miserable. It was wet. It was rainy. It was probably wow. my least favorite festival I've Whoa. ever been to. I, with peace and love, will never go to Outside Lands okay. again. It was awful. Honest opinion. Maybe it was just that day. Yeah. But even my boyfriend was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to Lana. Like, it's still a couple hours. Like, we're miserable. Thank God Conan Gray came on, saved the day, whatever. And then I finally was able to vlog a couple clips of Lana. But I actually had to leave early because there was, like, an unsafe situation with the shuttle buses. I was super bummed. But I just put it as part of the vlog. Like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I had to leave Lana early. I was so emotional. I was crying. I love her. Um, and then I went and got McDonald's. Anyways, Period. I posted the vlog just for it, just for the people that really love me to watch. I got an email from Interscope Records like a week later that was like, hi, Coco, we saw your vlog. Like, we saw you trying to see Lana De Rea outside lands. More on that later. But like, in the meantime, we'd love to co- have you come to this event and meet John Batiste. He had collabed with Lana a bunch and he had an album coming out. Like, come to a dinner. And so Nikki and I went to the dinner. It was so intimate. It was like maybe it was literally 10 the most beautiful event ever. Event I think I've ever been invited to. Yes. And it wasn't because it was like bougie and no. rich or like it was. Is that this place called Tia Chilo? If you guys have ever heard of it, if you're local to LA, you may yeah. have heard of it. It's like randomly really popular on TikTok. It's like a tiny little venue. Yeah. And it's like really dim, and everybody sits on the floor, and like you just eat, drink tea. Like yeah. You literally just drink tea, and. um it was like i don't know 15 people maybe yeah. less and they were like literally they had like a little charcuterie spread that uh-huh. was beautiful the chef came out and walked us through all the dishes and she was like the entire event was literally just designed to like have a bunch of people there who were all from different expertises of yeah, various different things yeah. so like there were two people who were entrepreneurs. There was an author. Yeah. There was a lawyer. There was me and Colleen. There was somebody who worked at an agency. Yeah. There was somebody who was a fashion designer. Yeah. There was um, some Interscope two people, people who worked in music at Interscope yeah. Records. Like it was just intent. All people who worked in a creative industry, but where none of them were like really fully in the same lane. Yeah. And the entire thing was like we just wrote topics they're like write topics about life or like just interesting deep topics and we just pull them out of a bowl and then everybody would go around the table and just share Mm -hmm. and like it was I, I just feel like it's so rare at least for me since moving here to have experiences with people where I feel like you're really really connecting on a deep level yeah like even in things like influencer events like you're going there and you're invited and it's like a brand that's like paying for this thing. Everybody's drinking. Mm-hmm. It's very like, I don't know, just like a little performative. Like post everyone's IG dressed stories, up. Yeah, yeah, like they're encouraging you to post IG stories and stuff like that. Whereas like, this was the opposite. Yeah, it was like we invited you here because we want to yeah. get to know you as a person. Yeah. And John Batiste was literally in the center of it. Like he didn't know anyone either, but he was the one pulling all the questions and like giving his own answers. And yeah, I wasn't even that familiar with his music, but like after meeting him as a person, yeah. I want I was like I, I want to hear this what this person yeah. creates like he just had such beautiful philosophies in life and like some of the questions were like um some of them were really really deep and political like the one of them was like what is what is the difference between cultural appropriate appreciation versus appropriation yeah. and like what does that you know mean to you and and everybody was you know different people were, were sharing different backgrounds mm-hmm. or experiences that they had 
Um, and then some of them were just like, how do you define personal success and like how will you know when yeah. you've achieved it? And to hear like how a lawyer differenti <laughs> differentiates personal success yeah. from like an author. I don't know, it was just really beautiful and it was really cool and everybody there was delightful. We all like had like really um, like nice embraces and like hugged afterwards. Like it didn't feel like any, yeah. no one was talking over each other. There was never like separate conversations. It was like no. always one coherent conversation yeah. for the entire like three hours we were there. And then after that, they in um, they invited us to John Petit's show in the Hollywood next day, yeah. the next day. As v like they're like, hey, like yeah, we can give you VIP tickets. Like you should come. Yeah. It's so nice. And guess um, who was the special performer? Lil Wayne. Like I, you, it's so hard to see him live. Like it it's is. so he's like an anomaly. It was crazy. So it was such a cool like experience. It was. And it seriously was such a cool experience, and it made me. One, I was just so appreciative. Yeah. I was like, wow, like these just random people yeah. will sometimes see your video and like it and do what they can to do something nice for you. Yeah, I think when you like talk authentically, I could have made like a, like, you know, a surface level video about like, here's what it was like seeing Lana and like already had a narrative in my head when I went into the yeah, vlog. Yeah, or and, like this is what would go viral if I said it. Yeah, and I but think even then it you, wouldn't, yeah. yeah you, you kept it real. Part of like why I think it got such good engagement was because I was so honest and um, even one of the Interscope girls was like, I wish I knew you were there. Like we could have like, you know, set it up so you had a better viewing experience. So you yeah. weren't like as miserable. But right. I think that just if you guys are on the internet, like I think what I've, I struggle with vlogging and I'm trying to grow in that way. But what I've learned is like going into a vlog or a video, not knowing what the outcome is always going to be. Yeah. Just being genuinely curious about where the day might go and documenting it as it unfolds. Totally, and don't be afraid to fail, too. Yeah. You know, like, I think you can, like, just because you're recording something doesn't mean you have to use it in six yeah, hours. Like, totally. just be like, I'm not gonna think too deeply about this yeah. until I need to, but I wanna document my day. Totally. Um, but yeah, that was just a really cool, beautiful thing that happened to us, mm -hmm. and we wanted to share. Yeah, do you wanna end on that note? I think we should, yeah. Yeah, we were talkers today, but that's the beauty of a podcast. We were chatty Cathy's, I always so right. love when, I love clicking on a podcast when it's over an hour long, though. Like, if it's only 20 minutes, I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Thank and you it was guys. weird. I felt like we had less topics, but like longer, prolonged conversation. Yeah. This episode. <laughs> totally. And I and let us know kind of what you guys like. Yeah. Let us know what the like. sweet spot is. Let like, us know. We're learning. We're, we're on the learning. Yeah. Curve. But it's fun. This yeah. has been like one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. So. I know. Thank you guys. Mwah. See you later.